0: All right, welcome again to H2O, I'm Pastor Matt, so glad you guys are here on this beautiful day. I just got to tell you, I got to start off and just tell you, I feel like a survivor today. I just spent a week at a teen camp doing a whole bunch of teachings, and I got to tell you, at the very beginning, I was bombing out really bad. These kids were so hard to connect with, and uh, they didn't laugh at any of my jokes, it was like crickets every time I told a joke. My family came and my kids were in the back and I got done with the first couple teachings because I had to do 10 teachings. It was overwhelming. And my kids were like, Dad, you got to get some better stories. And I was like, this is as good as I got. This is it. And uh, wow, it was a, a really tough time. But as the week went on, God did some awesome things and it was a, a lot of fun. So I, uh, I hope that if half of you stay awake this morning, I'm going to feel really good because I think I made a lot of kids drool this weekend. All right, we are so excited to kick off this new series. We have an upside down series for the next few weeks. Uh, some of the pastors and pastors in training are going to be coming up and talking to you about how God is often asking us to do things that are very countercultural. Things that feel natural to us, things that are in our natural mind to uh, just kind of live out in this common sense way, the Bible tells us it's actually quite different. And so this is going to be some some teachings and some passages of Scripture that really are upside down to our normal thinking, and we're really excited about this. Jesus is always challenging us and inviting us in to live this amazing adventure of living counterculturally. and so uh, we're just so glad that you're here uh, with us today. We're going to be focusing mostly in Matthew 18 today, if you want to start turning there. You can. And to kick off this uh, series, what I wanted to share with you, what's been on my heart, something I've been thinking about, something I've been dealing with a lot in other people's lives and even in my own life, um, is this, this desire to seek revenge when we're hurt. So we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And you know, as Christians, we know, like, we would never say to anybody, oh man, I wish revenge upon that person. That's so not like in our Christian terminology. But God is always dealing with our hearts and all of us have something in common that when we are hurt and we are upset by something or someone has sinned against us intentionally or unintentionally, man, we kind of get into this posture of like fight or flight. I mean, that's been my normal physical, emotional experience in life. And so we can kind of want to justify that fight or flight mentality and and seek revenge or at least think about revenge or kind of go down these wrong roads in our heart. And God is saying, no, I don't want you to live like that. I don't want you to be consumed by the pain and the hurt in your life. And so Jesus talks about this in Matthew 18. Let me uh, pray and I'll share a personal story with you and then we'll jump into Matthew 18. God, we just invite you to uh, speak to our hearts today. Lord, we thank you for that song that resonates with us so much that we are so in need of you. We are so in need of a good, good Father. And Lord, you are a good, heavenly Father, and you lead us to good places. God, I'm just so thankful this morning that as I've wrestled through these things in my own life, that you have our best in mind And we can trust you. We can listen to you. We can give you our hearts and ask you to put those pieces back together and to speak deeply to us because you're a great father. You're the great physician. You're a good counselor to us. And you just love us so much. I'm just so grateful for that this morning. God, help us through uh, some possible pains that we're experiencing in our own lives. We just invite you in to help us and to heal us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the first real experience that I had with pain was about when I was 14 years old. And uh, I have, I've shared with you, I have a whole bunch of brothers. And one of my brothers got married and... And I uh, had a kid. And I just loved hanging out with him and his wife and their little baby. And I would babysit for them a lot. And I just kind of, 14 years old, just kind of opened up my heart to his new wife. And, and just babysitting this kid was so fun. And I was just learning about family. And it was just a really exciting time. Well, it wasn't long before um, that things just went terribly wrong for them. And this, uh, this my, my sister-in-law made some horrible choices And really hurt the trust of of my brother and hurt our family and began to slander our family. And I remember in the kitchen one day just standing in there with my mom and my brother had come over. And he was over in the other room and he picked up this picture of him and his wife and he was looking at it. And he just punched the glass and just started bleeding. And I was just like so alarmed as a teenager and I said, Mom, what's going on? And she told me some of the things that my sister-in-law had done and that they were getting a divorce. And my soft heart just got filled with rage and hurt and confusion. I just could not wrap my mind around what was going on. And I just kind of tried to stuff that down for a long time. And at about 18 years old, when I came to, to college here at Bowling Green State University, I asked Jesus to come into my life. And I heard a message like what I'm about to share from a passage like Matthew 18. And I remember the pastor saying, is there anybody in your heart that you hate? Anybody in your heart that you have not forgiven? And boom, she just popped into my mind so quickly. And it was like all this anger and hate and negative feelings just kind of rushed back into me. And I was really confronted with God at that moment, because I was really excited about this new relationship with God, and I felt like God was saying, you really need to forgive her. And I hated that thought. I didn't want to hear that from God. I felt like I'd be letting her off the hook or something. And it just really confused me, and it was a really difficult time in my life. And Matthew 18 helped me so much, and so I want to read this with you today. It's a little bit longer passage. Here we go. Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who has sinned against me? Up to seven times? Sounds pretty gracious. Jesus Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. That was like millions of dollars in our time. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Verse 26, at this, the servant fell on his knees Before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, maybe a thousand dollars or more. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. Verse 32, Then the master called that servant in. You wicked servant, he said. wow. Jesus was often telling the most bold parables. That is a very upside down story that this king was so amazingly generous and this servant just took that for granted and couldn't find forgiveness in his heart. And in verse 35, it's such a harsh ending to the story. That this king came back, this master came back and, and said, you're going to be hurt by what you did in your lack of forgiveness. It's such a strong passage. I often wonder if there was another verse after that, if it would have said, and Peter was sorry that he asked Jesus this question. Thank you for laughing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you know, as we focus on this parable by Jesus... I don't want to start by focusing on how the master treated him at the end of the story. The focus of this parable is this generous king, this generous master. This guy owed millions of dollars in this story, in this parable. And the king took pity on him and had mercy on him and forgave his debt. You know, our ability to forgive others only comes through experiencing God's forgiveness toward us. That's probably the biggest point that I want you to take away from this morning, is that if you're struggling with this toward any other person, it begins with you experiencing God's forgiveness toward you. The one that's forgiven much loves much. And when I started thinking about how I felt toward my sister-in-law... God started bringing to my mind in in his generosity and his graciousness all the things that I had done in my past that deserved punishment. And I just started kind of making a little mental note of all the times that i lied and cheated and gotten drunk and used drugs and was immoral and all the times that I have hurt people and all of my selfishness. And it all just started coming back to me. And when you do something like that in the Spirit, in your intimate time with God, you just start welling up with thankfulness. Wow! God, you really have forgiven me of so much. I am so blessed to be in a loving relationship with a God that I have sinned against so much. And when God came down to earth to die for our sins... And he willingly died on the cross and said, I'm doing this for you because I love you and I don't want to spend eternity away from you. It brought him pleasure to sacrifice himself for you. It brought him pleasure to show you mercy and to show me mercy. And through that blood of Christ, we can be reconciled with a relationship that we surely don't deserve. And so the more we lean into that and the more we really recognize and we're just brutally honest with ourselves about our shortcomings, we just start welling up with this forgiveness inside of us that we can now give toward other people. So in light of that, when people hurt you, how do you respond what are the emotions and the, and the thoughts that go through as I start to share this passage with you and I'm talking about this when it comes to people in your family? Maybe, maybe some spouses. Maybe friends that you've had. Maybe something that happened to you when you were a child. Maybe some coworkers that have wronged you. Maybe there's people that, that we don't even know from far away that we have a hate in our heart toward and we despise them. How do those things make you feel and how do they affect your relationship with God? There's one thing in common with all of us is if we, we have pain and we have hurt in this world, matter of fact, Jesus promised us that and what I was sharing before is that we can really get into this fight or flight mode where sometimes just kind of maybe depending on your personality. You know, if somebody wrongs you, someone sinned against you, you may daydream about just fighting with them. Or maybe literally, verbally, you want to fight. Maybe you're a fighter, you know, and you're just like, I'm going to punish this person myself, you know. I think that's why we love action movies so much, is we love to see that vigilante just blow the guy up at the end of the movie, you know. We want to see that bad guy punished at the end of the movie. And if he doesn't get exploded or something severe happened to him or hit by a train, we're just like, ah, it's just an okay movie. You know, really wanted to see the bad guy get it. Or maybe we're that flight kind of person that we stuff it down. And we hate conflict. And we will run from conflict. And we don't know how to lean into things and really deal with them. You know, when I was thinking about this fight or flight, I was thinking about dogs and deer. Okay? I have two little dogs. Here's a picture of my family, my three kids from a little while ago. All pictures are from a little while ago, by the way. And these are their two little puppies that are about two or three years old now. Now, you look at this picture. It's pretty cute, right? Right? Sweet little dogs. These little dogs are killers now. They're absolute fighters, and they live to hunt and they love to kill things and they don't back down from anything. We had a one day. uh, Mary Lynn and I looked out the window. Mary Lynn said, "Hey, there's a gigantic pot-belly pig in our front yard." And I'm like, "What in the world?" Because we kind of have some farmland, and we were trying to catch these dog, uh, catch these pig, and we couldn't. I was running around with a fool like a big net in my hand, trying to catch this pig as a pet. And I couldn't. It was too fast, and so we kind of we kind of let the dogs get after it, to just see what it would do. I, I wasn't going to let the dogs hurt this pig. Don't judge me there. <laughs> I kept them on their leash, but man, my dogs just like went after this thing. It was just fearless, and they love to fight. And the bummer is they get along really well. These dogs love each other, but when they get a little too like they're not getting enough exercise they will turn on each other and fight and it is the most horrible sound it's really hard and dangerous to pull them apart because they're just, ah! just going nuts trying to hurt each other gouging each other's eyes and blood it's it's pretty nuts the greatest thing is when they catch rabbits and that's half a rabbit right there yeah pretty gross So maybe you kind of have that mentality in you. Okay, we can move that on to the next one. <laughs> Let's go to something a little more passive, like the, the cute deer picture. We can go back to that. Ah, there we go. Now, you never hear about a pack of deer going after anything, do you? You never see on YouTube the deer getting together and saying, you know what, we're sick of this. Let's just get together. We're going to trample some hunter. This is it. We're just going after him. Never happens. The deer flee. The deer run away. And, and here's what's upside down about us is, is I think we kind of justify ourselves in this fight or flight. We want to go at it like my dogs or we just want to flee the situation like a deer. But God is calling us to something different. We're not, we don't have to take suit from the animals. He can cause us to not just fight or flight, but to lean into forgiveness, to forgive. I had a conflict in the last few years, and it was one of the harder ones that I've had in my life. It was actually with another pastor. And for a, six months or a year or so, there was just this really difficult conversations about philosophy of ministry. And it was just making me lose sleep and I was discouraged and there were hours and hours and hours of us talking and it was just a really difficult time and I share that with you because sometimes you know you maybe you think oh gosh I'm the only one that's feeling this way these pastors these people in ministry they don't they don't have these you know kinda feelings they don't go through these experiences but I struggle just like you and I was driving to Indianapolis for this conference And I was just daydreaming about this situation. And I literally just felt flooded with, you know, adrenaline with this fight or flight. And I literally just said before God, Lord, you got to help me right now. Because I am thinking about punching this guy in the face or quitting my job and just moving away. That's what I was praying. That's how upset I was. And God just spoke to me and said, is that your options? Is that really your only options to fight this person or to just flee? And I heard him really clearly saying, I want you to keep leaning into this and forgive him. And I want you to go tell him how much you love him. I was just like, oh my gosh. No, Lord, this is, this is too hard. And he directed me to Galatians 6, 1 through 3. And I've been meditating on this a lot lately, and I just love this passage. It's so convicting. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Wow. That just, I read that passage and it just humbled me. Because at the very beginning, I kind of got a little bit puffed up. You know, it says, hey, you see someone else you don't like something. Maybe they're in sin. Maybe you don't agree with them. You who are godly, yes, God, I'm the godly one in this situation. Share more with me, God. Go and gently and humbly help them. Show them the error of their ways. You know, I was like, okay, I can, I, I, maybe I can do that. But be careful. Because you can fall into the same temptation yourself. And this needs to be us coming together, arm in arm, sharing each other's burdens. Because if you think that you're more important than other people or better than them, then you're fooling yourself. And man, that just kind of brought me back to earth. Because what I found is forgiveness for me can be difficult because I exaggerate. I think forgiveness for most of us is very difficult because all of us exaggerate. We exaggerate our strengths while we exaggerate others' weaknesses. Ponder that for a moment. When you're in conflict and you're really upset with someone, we tend to exaggerate how great we are and how right we are. And we tend to exaggerate what's going on in their life and just blow it up to something bigger. That's our pride. That's our our self-centeredness. That's our perspective on life. And we need God to come in and say, you know what, we're all in the same boat here. We're, We're hurting each other. We have faults and we have mistakes. And we need a gracious God to forgive all of us so that we can have community and be together now let me throw an important clarifier in here an important clarification because forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with someone that's really important some of you are in some really unhealthy situations or you've been in some abusive situations and you think gosh does this mean i need to forgive them and let them back into my life I need to forgive them, and that's going to somehow justify what they did. That isn't what forgiveness is. I've had plenty of people in my life that God is working on me to forgive, but when my heart is right toward them, that doesn't mean I need to let them back into my life. Maybe they're in some kind of really unhealthy spot. And they're so wrapped up in selfishness, and they're not walking with Jesus, and they're just doing damage to the people around them. God wants you to step away from that relationship. And that's okay to acknowledge where there's, you know, he doesn't tell Peter to be best friends with these people, but he tells them that he needs to forgive them. So when I'm struggling, I remember things like Ephesians chapter 4 or even if we're not in a relationship with this person anymore, we still need to get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger toward them. No more shouting or insults, nor more, no more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tender-hearted to one another and forgiving one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. This passage right here kind of gives us some idea of what forgiveness looks like. And I have a lot of people come and say, Matt, I think I'm forgiving, but tell me, you know, what does it mean? How am I actually going to feel to forgive people? How do I know that I'm walking with God in this and in a good place? And I just gave you a few um, signs here. This isn't a complete list by any means, but I wanted to just kind of throw out some things to you about signs, of of wanting revenge and a lack of forgiveness, that maybe these are some signs that you're experiencing that you're not in a right place of where God wants you to be. Maybe you're celebrating their calamity. If you want bad things to happen to them, or something bad happens to them and you kind of get that like, (laughs) yeah, that's cool. They deserve that. You're probably not where God wants you to be quite yet. Daydreaming and scheming, to punish them, you ever do that? Where you're just replaying these fights in your mind, and you're you're losing sleep over it. And you're thinking, "Oh man, I wish I would have said that." If I get in this situation with them again, I got something now because I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm scheming and I'm daydreaming at how to really jab them, wishing hell for them. We're not wanting this person to be forgiven. We don't want them to have an encounter with God because we want to see their punishment. Or, this is a big one with us these days, passive-aggressive. You know, some people are really mad at you. I'm not personally mad at you, the passive-aggressive person says, but some people think you're kind of an idiot. Some people think you're harsh and annoying. I'm not saying that, just those people. You know, the kind of passive-aggressive comments that we can make punishing them with harsh words or the cold shoulder you know times where we're really hurt and we're upset and we're just not talking to somebody for days and they're like are we good is everything okay yeah we're fine why haven't you spoken to me for three days what's going on you know we're, we're kind of punishing them in our heart or we're punishing them with gossip and slander we haven't really had the courage to go and talk to them directly so we will talk to five or ten other people about what's going on to make them look bad because we haven't been able to get in there and forgive and talk about it here are some signs that we're forgiving people we're praying for them when god brings us to a really great place where we're understanding his forgiveness we will have the the heart and the spirit to pray for them We've had clear conversations about the problem. That helps. You know, there's a lot of times you lean into a conversation and and they share something you're like, I did not know that that was going on. I have a little bit more understanding. Or you do the right thing and you have the conversation and you think, yeah, you are what I thought you were. I'm going to forgive you, but I don't want you in my life anymore. But there's got to be clear conversations. And in this chapter, Matthew 18, as you go home this week and, and read this passage, right above this passage, Jesus walks the disciples through this of how to reconcile, how to have a conversation when someone's hurt you. Number four, we just start feeling empathy and compassion for their sin, and we're hoping for them to have an encounter for Jesus. You know it was so amazing for me? Only by the grace of God did I really get to a great place where I really forgave my sister-in-law. And years later, I got to go visit her. I was hanging out with my nephew. He was a lot older at this time. And I drove him home and I got to sit down and talk to her. And I said to her, you know, I used to feel a lot of negative feelings toward you, but I want you to know I love you, and I forgive you, and here's why. Jesus has come into my life, and I'm so thankful for how he's forgiven me, and I want you to experience that, and I got to share the gospel with her. And I will tell you, that was one of the most freeing, awesome joy-filled experiences in my Christian life up to that point to really feel a true forgiveness and I actually hoped that she would ask Jesus into her life because the forgiveness that we give to people isn't really from us it's a reflection of God's forgiveness for mankind And that unforgiveness that we hold on to, I recognized it was hurting me more than it hurt her. She had no clue. Isn't that crazy? When you have that unforgiveness toward people and you're just losing sleep and you're upset and it's just like a cancer inside of you and the person's clueless. And God is telling us, this is for you too. You come to this place of forgiveness so that you can be healed. Because he loves you and he cares about your heart and he knows how unforgiveness can hurt you. And I was really hoping, and I still hope to this day, that she has an encounter with Jesus. And if I were to see her in heaven, I would be in a place I believe that I would be happy. I would be happy that she came to a loving relationship with Christ. So don't Try to take revenge. It isn't lead to good places. It isn't going to make you feel any better. Romans 12 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay. We just trust God. That's what this verse is saying. Will you trust God to be the judge? And that takes a real experience with God for us to be in that place. To trust God with your hurt. That's what I encourage you to do today. Trust God with your hurt and and be faithful to do your part. Whatever God's whispering to you right now through the spirit of like, you know what, I need to forgive. Maybe I need to write a letter. Maybe I need to call them. Maybe I need to do something. Maybe it's something just all alone with you. You be faithful to do your part and remember God's great forgiveness toward you. That's what's gonna really bring you into a good place. That's very countercultural today, but it's God's will for our lives, and it really does bring us into a deeper intimacy with God. Let's pray.